What's going on, everybody? Happy July 4th, and welcome in to another edition of the Better Baseball MLB DFS podcast. I am James Grande, joined today by none other than Henry 13, Wilson 13. Uh, Henry, before we get into anything, I got to ask. Where is the double thirteen? Are you a big A Rod fan? Is that what it's come? Is oh, that what the, is that what the thirteen? I mean, no. I know, I know, I know. You're a Red Sox guy first, so I know that was maybe you hoping you would get A Rod when he originally went to the Yankees, or is that is that what it was? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> Definitely nothing associated with A Rod. Thirteen's uh, just always been my number, and okay. Henry Wilson's a common name. So unfortunately, getting a Twitter handle. <laughs> Is not the easiest thing always. So we get okay. two of them in there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, I figured. I figured I was. I nailed it with the A Rod thing. Yeah, it's super it. close. Yeah. Yeah. Super <laughs> close. Yeah. Super close. Uh, almost got it. But uh, happy to have you here, Henry. Um, and as we head into this July Fourth slate, we're breaking down the one p.m. slate, as you guys can see here. Eight games on DraftKings. Um, what stands out to you upon initial look here, Henry? I mean, Colorado in Houston, so no course. Thankfully, I have course fatigue over the last week or so, uh, considering back-to-back slates there, one including the Detroit Tigers. That was super fun, um, and that, I mean, not at all. Uh, anything from the Vegas side of things stand out for you uh, at current moment where we have, uh, like, any lines or over-unders that we should take a look at? Uh, you know... Nothing too crazy, but I do like, you know, possibly some overs with um, with Texas and Boston. Both offenses yep. can score a lot. We just saw Texas score, but they just scored 10 runs today and lose. Yep. So, um, yep. obviously, you know, those offenses can put up a lot of runs. So, you know, maybe play some overs over there could be interesting. Okay. Um, I could get behind that. And um, let's see if there's anything else I um... – Cincinnati not on the main slate, unfortunately. We have nine implied runs in a couple spots. Nothing that really stands out, like uh that we really need to attack. So let's just get into it. Um, right off the bat, and we'll start at the pitcher's position. And, you know, there's four names above 10k. There are no 9k price pitchers. There's only two 8k price pitchers, and then there's just a lot of meh. But at the top, uh, as I mentioned, four t- any like who are your top Tiered arms or arm uh, on on the on this Fourth of July slate. Yeah, it it is arm for me. It is singular Jesus Lazardo for me. Um, he's been pitching absolutely amazing, and especially at that above 10k, like I'm happy to pay that for him. And compared to the others, Nola, Eflin, Senga, those prices just feel too high for three guys who have been okay, but not really ace level pitchers. But Lazardo, he's been an ace. And I'm all over him against um, St. Louis for this slate. Yeah, outside of one kind of blip in the radar lately uh, against Seattle, it's been all good. Uh, Nine strikeouts in back-to-back starts, eight or more in three of his last five, 19-plus fantasy points in four of five. If this was last year, I'd call you crazy. And I I think a lot of people would because St. Louis hit lefties so well and Lazardo was good, but not this good. But we are starting to see the fruits of that late, like of the Lazardo labor. Like we thought this was going to, this is who he was going to be for a while. And it just took a trade and, you know, some uh, good Marlins team, I guess, around him to 
to really show out. So I agree. I, I do think he is really the only guy up here. Philly's offense looks good. Tampa's offense has been good all year. And Senga can't pitch on the road. Uh, I will say, in Kode Senga's defense, and not the road, because he has been just terrible on the road outside of the Pittsburgh start. Yeah, We'll wait and see what Arizona's lineup looks like um, with Corbin Carroll's news just kind of still floating. Like, I think we could get something more definitive. Like, I know he entered, and he had an at-bat, but I, I guess that's good enough to say he's going to play on Tuesday, and Ter, uh, Terry Lavolo thought so too, that he thinks he's going to play. But remains to be seen. If if Corbin's in that lineup, I probably have little to no interest in Senga. Uh, what about the value tier, or just anything below the 10K tier, rather? Like, what piques your interest? Because I think you and I both pinpointed one particular option, Um and he hadn't looked good before the injury, but look, has looked good since returning from IL. Yeah, Kentai Maeda uh, is a, you know, I think a really good value play here today. He has looked pretty solid um, in his last couple outings. Obviously, it wasn't like huge against Atlanta, but it's Atlanta and he survived. Like he got positive points against the Braves. <laughs> Seems like a win. Uh, and, you know, now getting to take on the Royals, like that's a pretty solid matchup for him. And, yeah, I like uh, Kente Maeda for this. What a crazy concept that is. That we're happy if we're getting positive points against it. Like, and he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad by any stretch. He wasn't good. I, like, I don't, I don't even think he was on the main slate in that. Uh, no price there usually indicates he wasn't on the main slate, so we didn't even have to worry about it. Um, Royals are just dreadful against right-handed pitching too. I mean, they've been that way bottom bottom three or bottom two in every every offensive category against right-handed pitching with a 24% strikeout rate to boot. Um, and we saw Maeda return eight strikeouts against Detroit. So um, I fully agree. I think he is going to be very popular at 7,100. Uh, how about some not so popular guys? Do you have anyone? Uh, I think. You and I might have a couple names that are opposing each other uh, that might not be that popular. Yeah, I would agree. I know you you like Kyle Hendricks, which I actually like a bit too, but my favorite of the two is Wade Miley in that matchup. Um, and obviously, Cubs are a little scarier of an offense uh, than Milwaukee is, but I think Miley probably gives you a little more strikeout upside than Kyle Hendricks does, which is basically yeah. non-existent. And, you know, he's put up some good outings recently. And so, uh, yeah, probably not a super popular play, but I think it's a good pivot and really cheap today to go after Wade Miley. My only concern with Wade Miley, and uh, I'm just going to pull it up just to be sure, he has been the beneficiary this year of some really good luck. Um, and I've been waiting for so long this year for it to for the neg for the regression to come and it just hasn't like 5.4 strikeouts per nine which we knew about wade miley right like he'll always always pitch to contact that's not anything new um 302 era 481 x uh 481 expected era 493 xfip um his babip of 231 i mean like there is a for a guy that pitches to this much contact to just have like this good of luck just feels inevitable to run out. And I'm you're right where there is some some strike. I mean, 
We're t- we're both talking about two guys with like little to no strikeout appeal. Yeah, it, there's it really not going to be a lot of strikeouts in this game, but <laughs> right. Um, but like the Cubs do have thump, and I know you know they've cooled off drastically lately, and they have a big strikeout rate against left-handed pitching specifically. Um, it's just I, I've I have not been able to look past the expected numbers for Miley and like just. Be like, all right, there's just such batted ball luck here that it's going to turn. Um, Hendricks has been interesting because he hasn't been striking guys out like, you know, or like you mentioned, but he's pitched really well overall. Um, No start this year, more than three earned runs. He's pitching deep into games. We even got a 27 fantasy point ceiling out of him, which again, three strikeouts in that outing. So like not expecting it again. Um, but if you were to tell me on um, this slate, like pivoting off Kenta Maeda, because that's obviously the chalk SP2 of the slate. If I were to get the Pittsburgh start where I get six and a third of an earned run and 17 fantasy points, I'd be okay with that. And I do think there could be like four to five strikeout upside here for Kyle Hendricks. Milwaukee oh, no. fifth highest. <laughs> I, look, I'm just, I, I, Milwaukee has the fifth highest strikeout rate in baseball. I understand um, but we have three, four strikeout games from Kyle Hendricks this year. I know that's crazy to say. Uh, maybe a better play on Fandle in all, all in all. Is there anyone else? That's that's the problem, though. Because the rest of the slate, where else would we go? Like, yeah, there's not the much other? else I like. I mean, you're not playing Grinky, Wainwright, those older guys. No. Like, no chance you're playing any of those. Dane Dunning against Boston scares me. Kyle yep. Gibson after to face the Yankees. Like, what upside does he really have? I, yeah. Yep. Like, there's just not much else that you want to even consider. May I guess maybe Gibson, but he's coming maybe. off some brutal. He's coming off some brutal outings, and yeah, you know, one good offense and one bad offense. He got he got shellacked in both. I know he had a really good outing in Yankee Stadium um, earlier this year in May. Seven scoreless. Uh, Yankees don't really strike out against righties. They strike out a lot against lefties. It's a 21% strikeout rate against righties. So I don't really know what the ceiling is on Gibson either. So, so I mean, ultimately, you know, Maeda, Lazardo are probably the two chalk pitchers of the day. But yeah, just some food for thought elsewhere. Um, guys, before we move on um, to our infield breakdown, head over to rtsports.com. That is real-time sports and try out their daily pick em contest. It's a lineup of player props. Hit them all and win. They have baseball. They have golf. They have all different types of sports. It's your classic over-under. Um, will, uh, you know, Kentamaya have more than five and a half strikeouts? Or let's say that's the the line for um, 4th of July. But, you know, head over there, rtsports.com slash alarm and use code alarm 23 and first-time depositors get 100% instant deposit match up to $200. That's rtsports.com slash alarm using code ALARM23, A-L-A-R-M-2-3, and get up to a 100% deposit match up to $200. And please play responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's dive into the infield, Henry. Um, with the, uh, that stuff aside, what are your, what are your top infield options here if we're spending up at the position? 
Uh, so if we're spending up at the position, there's a few guys I like. Uh, and they are, um, you know, at catcher, Jonah Heim. He has been fantastic this year, and I don't love paying up at catcher, but Heim against a left-hander has been unreal. Yep. I mean, he's been great against everybody, but especially against a lefty in Murphy. Uh, yeah, definitely into Jonah Heim today. Okay. Um, he has been great against lefties. Uh, what else you got for me uh, um, at the top of this? Yeah, uh, paying up for some more. I'd say uh, at first base, I love Luke Rayleigh. Uh, for the Rays, okay. he you know price is climbing. He used to be a value play, but he's the he sure uh, you know has this price. He's been awesome. You see over a thousand OPS over his last ten games. Uh, obviously, Noel is a great pitcher. I don't you know they might be tough to stack the Rays against him, but he's also been fairly hittable in a lot of his games this year. So I like the power right. that Luke Rayleigh gives um, at you know not crazy expensive, but still you know closer to the top today. Yeah, and I mean Aaron Nola has not been great, unfortunately. Uh, not gonna say anyone on this podcast predicted him to win the Cy Young in the NL this this uh, off season, but I'm also not gonna say that. And uh, that person feels really bad about doing that uh, such thing uh, right about now. Right about now. Um, I like Jose Altuve quite a bit. I know he has not been the same guy against left-handed pitching this year that he has been um, in years past because, you know, he's mostly hitting righties this year. And he is, I mean, the the amount of lefty mashing that he has done throughout his career it, is like, you can fill up like an entire dictionary worth, but it hasn't been this case this year. It's also a 32-game sample, and I'm yeah. not... I am I am someone who looks at a large body of work versus a 32 game sample. It's like why I don't really believe in BVP all that much. That's a personal thing. Um, I'm gonna go to Jose Altuve here against Kyle Freeland, who has struggled mightily lately. Yeah. Uh, same thing can be said about Josh Chung getting a lefty. Uh, Josh Chung has not slowed down against left-handed pitching for one second this year. I know he has hit a little bit of a rut. Um, recently, uh, especially kind of like with the strikeouts, he's been striking out a ton. I mean, 18 strikeouts in his last 10 games, now up to 182 games. He's going to strike out, you know, over 200 times likely if, you know, we continue uh, on this trajectory. But um, he has been great against lefties from the start of this year. Um, so I love Josh Young. And I, I think the Texas talking piece that I mean, we've already mentioned two of the infield is not going to slow down when we get to the outfield either. Uh, but before we do go to the outfield, uh, what do we got for some of our top value options here? Henry? Uh, yeah, I think there's some, some good values of the infield field as well. Uh, catcher. I really like Yonder Diaz. He has been mashing the ball lately. It's still yes. super cheap yes. uh, catcher for Houston and he just keeps hitting home runs. So uh, yeah, I really like his value there today. Um, as a you know cheaper pivot catcher option, obviously he's not crazy cheap, but you know for the way he has been hitting the ball, uh, definitely definitely worth it um, in this matchup. Uh, I also really like uh, a really cheap option at second base and Harold Castro today. Uh, Five hundred dollars, interesting. Yeah, I like this is a more you know risky play obviously the ceiling for Harold Castro is never super high but he's <laughs> been hitting the ball pretty well and it's I know it's out of Colorado but it's facing a 
you know, not the best pitcher ever either. And he's been getting hit. So I kind of like the really cheap play in Harold Castro today. Yeah, hitting 303 against righties. And Brandon Belak, to your point, starting for uh, Houston, 333 average for lefties, 950 OPS, 407 Woba allowed. So uh, lefties do have quite the split advantage against Brandon Belak. Uh, interesting. Maybe we're going to get to some some Rockies bats here, huh? Yeah. huh? huh? So exciting. I don't know. Rockies outside of Colorado, but. Yeah, I know. It's uh, yeah, that's true. Um, uh, I think yeah. the last guy I really like in the infield for like good value is Anthony Volpe. He yep. had been struggling a lot for uh, you know most of this season, honestly. And I really was surprised that they've stuck with him and not sent him down at any point. But he has turned it on recently. He also over 1,000 OPS um, over the last 10 games. And, you know, no home runs, but he's just hitting the ball. Um, so I, I really like, again, we've already expressed concerns of Kyle Gibson of how much can he really do again against the Yankees. And so, I yeah, I like Volpe today at this price. Yeah, and there was actually a, a stance switch or a mechanical issue for Volpe since the streak. And um, since they fixed it, it's been smooth sailing for him. Um, so, you know what? I'm happy to see the Yankees as a fan of the team. I'm happy to see them stick with their, you know, one of their top overall prospects, one of the top overall prospects in baseball heading into the year. So, um, yeah, I like what he's, he has been more powerful against lefties, but what we know about it with Anthony Volpe is if he gets on against Kyle Gibson, he's, stealing second base. So um, I like that call quite a bit. Uh, I like Ezekiel Tovar and uh, another value shortstop and the the rhythm that he's been at the plate. I know the hit streak is still active. I think it's at 13. Is that 13 or 14 games now? Um, 15 games? Yes. Math is hard. I think it's like, up there. let's see, 13. I think it's 15 games. Uh, they've, they moved him back down when Chris Bryant returned, and then they instantly moved him back up to second when they realized that was a bad idea because he is on a 15-game hitting streak. Um, I'm going to keep riding of Ezekiel Tovar. Brandon Bielak hasn't really been good against righties either. It's just kind of been a it's just kind of been a subpar pitcher. So I'll attack Brandon Bielak, and I'm gonna. I, I said it to you before we went live, and you were like, "Are you sure?" I'm going to be playing a lot of Marlins here. So naturally, Garrett Cooper, one of the biggest boppers in their lineup, especially with Jazz down. Um, he has flashed a lot of pop. I mean, look, Garrett Cooper has a lot of power. He just never stays healthy. Like, it's not a it's not a fact of, like, will this guy hit home runs? It's will this guy stay in the field? He hits home runs when he's healthy. And he has 10 home runs in 63 games this year, 20 extra base hits overall. And, you know, that's really all he does. 291 OBP, nothing to be desired. But 424 slug for a guy hitting 250, not too bad. Um, but 1,000 OPS over his last 10 games. And, you know, unfortunately for a all-time very good pitcher, not going to say great, very, like, next tier down in Adam Wainwright, um, it's his time has come. And, you know, it, when you're 40 years old and you're trying to navigate through Major League lineups, sometimes that happens. So, um, you know, righties hitting... 325 against them. Lefty's hitting 400 against them. Um, Garrett Cooper, nine home runs against right handed pitching, $3,200. I like Garrett Cooper quite a bit. Love it. Let's pivot 
to the outfield, shall we? Where uh, there is never a shortage of options, especially on an eight-game slate. Um, you and I both have Adolis Garcia written down as our top option here in the outfield. And you know what's funny? Like, for a long time, he was only really hitting righties, and he wasn't that good against the lefty split. And then he just was. Like, he just something turned. 224 ISO, 382 Woba now for Adolis Garcia. Probably the head of all Texas stacks on this 4th of July. Season, yeah, right? I, I have to say that I'm I'm really changing my tune here because I have been the biggest <laughs> non-believer for like well over a year now that he is right. not that good for fantasy. He's not going to be able to keep up these numbers. And the dude just keeps matching. <laughs> and I think I need to finally eat it. I, again, I picked him today. I think he actually is a good matchup here. Love Texas lineup. So I'm finally just going to eat it and say that I was wrong. And apparently he's actually good at baseball because I just refuse to believe it for so long. I thought the wheels were going to fall off for him, but he just keeps hitting. I mean, like you're not wrong when a 29 year old player just kind of who has not been good for how many years and was never a top prospect. And he wasn't, and then at 29, you're like, oh, this guy has 30 home runs and 20 stolen bases at the end of the year. And then he does it again, and you're like, all right, yeah. well, I mean, two fluke years, right? Well, here we are. The stolen bases may come later. They haven't been on full display. Maybe we sneak out 15 this year. Um, but well on our way to another, I mean, maybe the most powerful season of his career yet, 35, yeah. 35 home runs on 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 the way so uh yeah he's he's definitely been a uh someone we need to study when his career is over because at 29 entering like i mean it's just been nuts since his 20 year 29 season so um after adolis garcia what do we got for your top plays here in the outfield? uh you know my other real top play here is brandon nimmo brandon nimmo has been crushing the ball uh yeah usually nimmo's not a huge power guy uh, but he has five home runs in his last 10 games. Uh, so, yeah, Brandon Nimmo has been crushing the ball. He's been great all season, to be fair, but he's really been getting the ball out of the yard recently, and I don't really trust Zach Davies that much no. at all. So, yeah, big fan of the Mets here and really big fan of Nimmo at the top of that lineup. It's hilarious. Colby Conway and I did the last Zach Davies podcast when he pitched against, um, I don't know who it was, and I, I'm just being lazy. I could just check, but he fired seven scoreless innings. It was Tampa. Oh, yeah. And we were like, oh, we're going to we're gonna go crazy. It's Zach, he's been dreadful. He's been getting shelled by everyone. Seven scoreless against the number one team in baseball, because that's baseball, right? Yep. That's, that's baseball for you. Um, but he's been bad overall. Still, even with this seven scoreless uh, right or left-handed bat still hitting over 300 with an 800 OPS against him. So I, I love your Brendan Nimmo call. Yeah, the seven scoreless against the Rays isn't going to change my tune for him. Like, yeah, yeah, it was good game. He might have more good games than the <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, <laughs> right. Um, I will uh, continue um, with my and I will continue my Marlins uh, fandom here. Jorge Soler. The most powerful bat in the Marlins lineup. I mean, uh, you know, 
live for a home run every time he steps up to the dish. Yeah. So like I'm I I watched him hit a home run out of Coors Field this year or out of was it Arizona? It was like the furthest ball I've ever seen hit uh, in Arizona left center field. Uh, that man has infinite amount of power. I like Christian Yelich. Honestly, this has been maybe the longest good stretch of Christian Yelich we've had in like since he won years. an MVP. Yeah, since he won an MVP, literally, probably correct. Like yeah. since he won an MVP, he has been awesome. Um, and I know I mentioned I like Kyle Hendricks, but Kyle Hendricks doesn't miss bats, and if he's not going to miss Christian Yelich bat right now. A guy hitting 385 over his last 10 games that is an issue. Uh, why don't we fire off some value tiers before we get to um, our final segment and uh, where we build the lineup, Henry? Uh, yeah, you know, I think there's some great value options on the offense as we've already kind of been talking about. One of them in Texas with Leody Tavares. Uh, he yep. has been just fantastic hitting in the nine hole for Texas. Great person to do at a, you know, end of a stack where you can do like a nine to the front of the lineup stack with Texas because yep. he just keeps producing for them. Um, and then I also, we are talked about the Mets too. I love Tommy Pham today. He is still really cheap and Pham has been crushing the ball, like unreal crushing the ball. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. It is, it is crazy to see, but you're right. Um, he has arguably been the Mets best player. Uh, and I'm sure that's what they were looking for out of Tommy Pham when they, when they came into the year, right? That he'd be their best player. That was yeah. exactly what they thought. Yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll just add Chaz McCormick and Brian De La Cruz, two more guys that um, I have a ton of interest in. Um, let's move on to uh, a segment that, you know, do you have, a, I, I'm going Grande's Gems. Do we have like Henry's oh. Homers? Henry's, yeah, Henry's uh, Homers is pretty good. Henry's yeah. Henry's Homers. Sure. And, and why don't we parlay that right into your home run call? And just why don't you rattle off your home run stacks and all the all this good stuff? Yeah, sounds great. Uh, my home run call for uh, this slate is going to be Pete Alonzo. Already talked about the love of the Mets. And Pete's been struggling since he came back from injury, but he just hit a home run yesterday. And now we get the announcement that he is participating in the home run derby again. So he's got to warm yep. up for it. And I think he's getting yep. a home run. Um, my top stack of the night, I think, is probably pretty obvious. I keep talking about it, but the Texas Rangers are my top stack. Um, I really think that they're going to have a great game here of a lot of offense with Boston. Uh, and for my contrarian stack, I am going to go with the Phillies. Um, I, you know, Zach Eflin is one of the top pitchers of this slate, and he has been pitching great, but I just think he can is hittable still and i really like the phillies offense so if you you know want to pivot and go against one of the top pitchers i like the phillies a little revenge narrative there by the way too <laughs> yep yep exactly uh but we'll see we'll see uh and then you know for my star of the night i'm going with my catcher pick of, of jonah heim uh again, <laughs> i think what he can do at the catcher position he is rightfully about to be an all-star and I expect him to keep that up in this this stack. And my my biggest value play of the night is who we just talked about, Tommy Pham. He's he's crushing the ball, really cheap in the outfield, uh, like the Mets as well. And I think he's going to be the best value play in this slate. What about yeah? I'll, I, I love yeah. I love all those. Um, I'm going to go with Adolis Garcia, top stack Texas Rangers. I'm not. Pivoting off of that, me and you were lockstep there. I'm going to go Marlins as my contrarian yeah. stack. I, I like the Marlins here against Wayno. 
Uh, star of the night, Josh Jung, sticking with the Rangers theme. And value play of the night, I'm going to go Kent Maeda because I think he's clear, clearly a, the best SP2 of the slate. Henry, we have like two minutes. A minute. Two minutes? A minute? Let's build a quick lineup here. I think we should probably go Lazardo Maeda yeah, would be my obvious. guess. Would be um, Tommy Pham was some good value that you had uh, listed here. I think that would be pretty obvious um, to get him in. Who was your your home run call was Alonzo. You we could get Alonzo here fifty one hundred. That's a good price. Um, Jonah Heim was a catcher that you had a lot of uh, interest in here. Yeah. Um, I what what else do we want to do? Where's a some Texas uh, outfield value? Ezekiel Duran, yeah, Duran and, or Leota, or both Leota and Duran. You or, put them. Yeah, and just go a full value outfield. Like, is that? Um, I'm I'm down to play as much Texas as you. Yeah, as we both liked Del Tuve today at second. If we're going value yep. outfield, we could probably afford El Tuve. We have thirty eight fifty for a third baseman and a. Uh, shortstop here. Well, maybe um, maybe you go to to Young uh, here with Heim. Do the Heim Young pairing more Texas, and then you can go and Volpe and Volpe or Tovar at shortstop. Ooh. One of those. Yeah, two. perfect. Zero. Oh. zero dollars left. Lazardo, Maeda, Heim, Alonzo, Altuve, Josh Jung, Anthony Volpe, Tommy Pham, Ezekiel Duran, Leody, Tavares. That'll do it for today's. Uh, Better Baseball and DFS podcast. We'll be back, not not Henry, but I will be back at 5 p.m. Eastern with Howard Bender to break down the five-game uh, evening slate, kicking off at 640. Uh, thank you, guys. Have a great 4th of July, Henry. Have a great 4th of July, FA Nation. And we will catch you guys later.